What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. Do you want even more content? Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at KDJTV611, or follow me on Twitch, subscribe to me on YouTube. The handles are the same. It's KDJTV. But without further ado, I know why you guys are here. Let's go play some ball. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. Uh, I think we're on episode 51. So we're turning the corner on a mini milestone and hitting the home stretch. We're grinding to 100. Uh, but if you're on YouTube today, you can see I have a special guest. Uh, the one and the only Ansel Armstrong is here. And uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll talk some some stub advice, some, I don't know, the, the tricks of the trade. What's going on, my man? What's happening? I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad, I'm glad you have me on. I'm looking yeah, forward to it. We have a lot I'm of always, fun. I'm always, I mean, I'm a streamer, so I'm always down to chat. Streamer and, you know, you've uh, done some podcasting yourself on the Stream yeah. Deck podcast. Yeah. So yeah, you, you know what's up. You know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to start first with what I mentioned before recording. We're going to hit the people hot right out of the gate. We're coming into it. Mm-hmm. A while back, you had a certain take on cereal. And fans of this show will remember a while ago. I think it was actually a couple days before 21 dropped. I had the scan on the podcast. Now just scan. He dropped the, the. he's like Madonna. <laughs> um, we talked a little about some cereal takes. It was inspired by the Kevin G.O.D. episode of the Stream Deck podcast. But then my guy Ants comes in and says, it's not a direct quote, but might as well be, I dabble with orange juice in my cereal. (laughs) So this is an open forum. We're all friends here. You now have the opportunity to defend yourself if you so choose. Yeah, I think think (laughs) the big key, the big key is the word dabble. I think some people... Uh, especially named Scan and the Holy Grail uh, in particular. They like to blow it out of proportion just a little bit and make it sound like I wake up every morning and for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm eating like Frosted Flakes and orange juice just 24-7, just guzzling it down, which isn't true. I've just, I've had it before and it's not as bad as you would expect it to be. You know, I would, I would entertain it again it's not my go-to choice. I still go with milk in my cereal. But every once in a while, if the opportunity presents itself, I'm not afraid to dip my toe in, the, in, the, in a little bowl of orange juice. You know, okay. I do it's, have uh, a, a couple natural follow-ups to this, though. Okay, okay. I think the question maybe first on everybody's mind, are we talking pulp or no pulp OJ? Oh, no pulp for sure. Yeah. I enjoy drinking pulp, but yeah, if I, I had just, to eat it, I don't no, know if I no, could do pulp. Yeah, absolutely no pulp. Yeah. Okay. Never, never. Second follow-up. The Frosted Flakes OJ combo did not sound good. Is there yeah. a preferred or ideal cereal for the OJ to, uh, you know, marinate in? I like a good a good Cheerio. It's not bad because it's, it's a little bit more subtle. You know, the Cheerio is okay. not super sugary out against you. It kind of mixes with the orange <laughs> juice a little bit more. If you want to go crazy, you could also do like a Fruit Loop. But you're not out here doing like Cocoa Crisps, you know no, what I mean? No. Or... or 
Um, oh, what were those? Oh, wow. I can't think of the name now. It was like my favorite cereal. What were those? Uh, that cereal is just like little balls of chocolate. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Cocoa Puffs, right? Yeah, Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. not doing Cocoa. You know what I'm saying? You're not doing, you're not doing Fruity Pebbles or nothing. You know, you got to keep it a little bit, a little bit balanced. So and that's a key. I will do this for you. <laughs> I have Fruity Pebbles in my kitchen. Okay. I have OJ in my fridge. <laughs> I feel like those two, if cereal and OJ were to marry, Fruity Pebbles might be the one. It, would, it wouldn't be a bad one. Yeah, it wouldn't I be a bad will, one. I will try the smallest bowl ever created. <laughs> Maybe even a cup. And I'll, I'll report back with, with my finals. I, I hope so. My man, uh, my man Cream did the same. He did Fruit Loops and orange juice. Okay, not a bad combo either. What, what were his, and, uh, his thoughts? And he said he was pleasantly surprised. That was, his, that was his feedback. The first bite can be a little, you don't know what to expect. Yep. But once you, once you get into it a little bit and you know what to expect mentally, hmm. it could be pleasantly surprised. So unexpected, definitely. Revolutionary, maybe. We got to find out. Maybe, maybe. I we think, I think you know, it, you can't knock it till you try it. Exactly. Um, so my guy, Ants, is not here just to give food takes. No, this was a hot start. <laughs> Probably the hottest. But I have, I have plenty. I, I, people have renowned me for my, my poor food takes, uh, such as hot dogs. I just eat them plain. There's nothing else, nothing, just meat and bread. That's it on a hot dog. Just straight plain as plain as can you can go. I can roll you know, with there's, that. There's, there's, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of questionable food takes down the line. <laughs> I prefer the fixings on a hot dog, but a hot dog's a hot dog. You eat a plane, that's still okay. I think it's a good hot dog. Shouldn't need to be covered up by anything else. That's a fair point, but if it's a, a, if a it's little a, sauerkraut, ketchup, mustard action, I don't know. If it's if it's a quality meat, it should be able to stand on its own. But is it a quality meat? I don't know if we want yeah, exactly. that question answered. <laughs> it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be the right situation. Yeah, It's like you don't put A1 steak sauce from a, on a steak and get out of steakhouse. Like that should right. be fine, but exactly. I don't know if a hot dog's like a sirloin. <laughs> it can be, it can be. It might it have parts. On, my favorite it. is the Hawaiian hot dog buns with the Nathan's hot dogs you get from like the store. That'll play. Your bun, your bun gives you a little flavor. Yeah. The Hawaiian buns, the key, you pop the hot dog in the microwave for like 30, 45 seconds. throw it in the bun. Good to go. You're that's, good that's to go. That's a meal on a go. It's exactly, exactly. Uh, I'm all about convenience. I love it. I love it. And guys, we're, we're going to talk some, it will be the show in just a minute. We got a couple housekeeping items to uh, attend to. Uh, I'd be remiss if I forgot for the second week in a row to read the review, five-star review from Gibby, my guy Gibby, who comes on the Twitch streams. Uh, I apologize to him live for forgetting to read it. So I'm going to read it now. Um, Gibby looks forward to the podcast every week. Kenny does an awesome job, if you know, I agree, uh, of keeping it real about everything involved with the game. If you play the game at all, definitely check this and his stream out every week. Appreciate you. I appreciate you, Gibby. Thank you very much. Um, you're always the first one in the, in the stream when it goes live, so I appreciate that. Uh, another item, merch. Merch is available. Uh, if you're on YouTube, I'm, I'm currently sporting the merch to show the podcast. Uh, we also have mugs. That's in my kitchen that I'm not going to grab right now. Um, but the link is pinned, pinned tweet on my Twitter account. I'm going to drop it in the YouTube comments as well. You don't need to, to purchase anything. It's entirely optional. If you want to support your boy, I thoroughly appreciate it. Uh, and if you do buy something, tag me in, uh, in the post of you either wearing it or ordering it. I'll appreciate that thoroughly. Um, but with Ants here, there are very easy things to talk about because he's one of the market gurus of our community. 
in, in so many different ways, just whether it be about investing, you know, we talked investing quite a bit with Spore when he was on a few weeks ago, um, the ways he predicts the ups and downs and the trends. And, you know, he's just, he's, he's got his finger on the pulse and so does Ants. But what Ants does is, you know, his market Monday is unlike pretty much anything else that exists in the community. It's a helpful resource for so many people. And I'm just curious what first got you interested in just market manipulation. And, you know, that that's an area of the game that people don't think about because you want to just fire it up and play. You don't necessarily want to spend the hours doing that, but why are you interested in it? Um, so I played and will be the show essentially since it's, it's, it's start, you know, it'll be 06 and we 07, whichever those early ones were. Um, but at the console generation change before this last one, I went Xbox one. So I didn't have, I missed them will be 14 and it'll be 15. It'll be 15 is really where like diamond dynasty. That's even like halfway as we know it got started, you know? So, uh, the first time we had legends and all that stuff, but I remember I borrowed a friend's PS4 over Christmas break and he let me have will be 15 with it. Cause I just, I love him with the show. I didn't played in a while. I've been still been playing like it will be 13 on the PS3 mm-hmm. just whenever I needed something. And within like the first hour of playing, I got like a post game reward, 99 overall diamond Miguel Cabrera. I'm still waiting for that day. <laughs> yeah. I sold that for like 80,000 stubs. Now, I don't even know how much I sold it for, but with that, I just like completed a bunch of collections. And then those collections, if you completed a collection, it'll be 15. You got the one legend for each team. There was only mm-hmm. 30 legends. You got one per team when you complete the collection. And so I got like half the collections done with that. And I was like, well, I mean, I kind of want them all now. So I remember I looked at the market and I think the first guy I remember flipping was Koji Uihara. Oh, I think he name? was on, I think he was on the Red Sox. And I remember looking at his price and I was like, wait, couldn't I buy him for like 700 subs and sell him for like 1500 and, and make a profit? And the margins back then were crazy because like mm-hmm. flipping wasn't really a thing. So I just started buying cards and selling them until I could, until I could have the entire collections done on MLB 15 in like a month and a half or so, whatever that length over Christmas break was. And that's what started it from there. I mean, as they say, the, uh, the rest is history from that point. They, uh, they, they knew how to hook me right out the gate with the, <laughs> with the diamond pool. And like the last, I don't know, totally correct me if I'm wrong, but like 18 months to two years, your stuff has just started to blow up online. Yeah. Um, more so with like the, the viewership and, and things like that. You know, people knew who you were, but the, the YouTube and the Twitch and all those things have really started to skyrocket. And yeah. so much of that is based in that type of background that you kind of, you know, carved your niche out in the community. But the stream and the YouTube has become so much more. There's gameplay, there's tips, there's this and that. I mean, how did you... I don't know if bridge the gap is the right term, but how did you kind of like put all the pieces together to be like more of a holistic content creator? Yeah, I think that's something I'm still working on big time to this point. And I so I started, I started streaming in September of 2018, but I wasn't playing over the show. I was playing battlefield. That was okay. like my game. Um, and so I first really started playing MLB on stream with MLB 20 drop. I played MLB 19 like twice, but mm-hmm. That was it in terms of like streaming it. Uh, so I really started streaming it with 20 and that's when I started the YouTube as well. So that year is when all the stub making and all that kind of blew up because nobody else was really doing it to that level there. You know, you'd have a couple of the big people who in the middle, you know, in the midst of all their gameplays that they were putting out, cause that was like their main focus. They would come out with like, Oh, here's how to make stubs one or two videos a year type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of took it from that to doing 
two to three videos a week on that kind of aspects of things, content wise, other things like that. And the really only person who was doing anything similar was Gomes. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of more news based, even still within that versus, Hey, here's how you can capitalize on this stuff to make subs. He was doing the roster updates back then as well, but you know, not to the same degree of just such a stub based aspect. So that's really just, I mean, I kind of had the market cornered with that last year. Um, and I think giving all that information away for free as well is another big thing too, because, you know, people, people enjoy receiving value. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they can be like, okay, when I, when I watch Ansel Armstrong stuff, there's value I'm obtaining from that. And I'm not having to do anything on my end. I don't have to like pay or sub or do anything like that. I'm, I'm getting this value for free on my end. Then it kind of tends people. Okay. Well, now I want to check out a stream because hey, he's helped me so much throughout this last year or whatever. And so that was kind of last year. And I realized last year at the end, okay, well, eventually we got to a point where nobody really needed subs anymore. You know, it's yeah. like when's it, when it's November, there's no new content coming out. There's no, there's nothing else to innovate on with how to make subs. There's no new content I can cover or anything like that. And so with that kind of slowing down content wise and people not needing subs, like my channel kind of died out YouTube wise. I, mm-hmm. it was like an entire month where I didn't post any videos and even when I came back, I was getting like 200 views per video versus like the several thousand I was getting before I kind of took that break. So this year, I was like, all right, if there's one thing I have to do, it's to be more consistent in things other than just stubs. You know, I don't want to be just the sub guy. That's a big part of who I am. Yeah. And it's a big part of my growth. But I want to and need to be more than that, which is really where the gameplay stuff has kicked in a lot this year. This last month in July, since July 1st, I post a YouTube video every day. And July was the first month I've ever had a full month, 100% YouTube video every day. And I mean, that wouldn't be possible without the gameplay videos. And they do worse, but they're slowly starting to slowly, slowly, yeah. slowly picking up, picking up steam. And people are getting more used to that and more accustomed to that and enjoying it more. Mm-hmm. And your, your content, at least from a viewer perspective, because I watch probably 75% of the videos on YouTube, it's, I don't know, there's like your market Mondays are like corporate ants. <laughs> we're like, you know, everything's kind of like got your suit and tie on. We're going we're yeah. to talk the market today. And then your gameplay is like ants unplugged, like, like yep. your Twitch stream. It's <laughs> like you're just out there. I, that's such a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. That's and such a, sometimes I get in like a zone or a mood and just like, who knows what's going to, what's going to happen. Yeah. But if, I say if some stuff, some sus stuff yeah. sometimes to just kind of, I just kind of, I kind of, I kind of just let it all hang loose. Mm-hmm. If people aren't like, keeping up daily with the videos, which can be hard to do, but of course, mm-hmm. like, you know, life gets in the way, or if people yeah. aren't jumping in your streams, maybe they don't realize there's more to you than just market Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So that requires, you know, I mean, you're doing all the work that needs to be done. It's not like you're doing anything wrong or missing right. steps, but it's right. like, it, you know, it just takes time. And finally time is starting to catch up to all the work yeah. that you're doing. Right. Right. And, and, and it's tough when I, when I, like, I, we just posted a video today and when I was posting the video, like in my mind, I'm like, okay, I know based off just like what the video is and how the last few videos have been doing. And especially with all the content we've gotten with like the Comente program over the last mm-hmm. week, I haven't been as much gameplay focused because there's been a lot of other things to cover. So like in my last 10 videos, I've had a lot of non gameplay stuff. So I'm like, all right, this is only like the second third gameplay video I've posted in like the last 10. I know it's going to be like a 10 out of 10 ranking. I know it's not going to do well. And like, it's, that's a tough battle to, fight through with that and post it anyway, knowing like, okay, this video is probably not going to do good, but I know long-term, like I have to, 
it needs to be posted anyway. Like there's, there's, there's a good positive outcome from it. Just in the short term, it, it sucks at times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> when, when people are, are checking out your, your market videos, you kind of, you touch on the same points in every video, the basics yeah. of like, this is what you have to do. Yep. patience is always one of them because yep. you can't expect a buy order to go through right away. You can't expect a sell order to go through right away. When it comes to flipping in general, you have to, or, or investing really more. So it's like a guy might not go up that gold or diamond tier the week you invest. Sometimes you do have to be long-term and which most is something of the time, I have to, I have to preach is that there's, there's yeah. no locks. Mm-hmm. I get there's a lot of locks. that. It's like, who's, who's, who's a lock to go diamond. I, there's nobody, mm-hmm. you know, Nobody like I think the Lance Lynn example from earlier this year was he was a diamond most of last year, ended last year as a diamond, started this season and like through the first month and a half. I mean, ERA doesn't matter for ratings, but, you know, just to just to get the point of how he was playing across, he had like a one and a half ERA, Mm -hmm. like a month and a half. Like he was pitching well, you know, his per nines backed up an upgrade. And he went like three upgrades straight without finally getting to a diamond. Mm-hmm. And so I, there's, 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 yeah, there's a lot of that. There's also the aspect of uh, people getting upset with me. <laughs> if one, you know, a lot of the times it's, they, they take what I say and then misconstrue it and do something else with, you know, I say, Hey, do this or that. And then they end up taking it a different direction and not doing that and then losing subs or whatever. But they I mean, every once in a while. Yeah. Every, you know, every once in a while, you know, we miss, we say somebody's going to get upgraded and they don't, or, or we say a, uh, a car's going to go up and then there's a flash sale the next day, you know, but yeah, there's that aspect of people come in and be pissed at me. Like, Oh, you lost me all these stubs. And I'm like, well, sorry. It, uh, we, we, we probably made you a lot more subs than we've lost over the, Absolutely. over the course, over the course of a year. <laughs> yeah. So guys, uh, people who are listening, we're recording this on Thursday, much earlier than I usually record this. You guys should all be proud of me. We're, pre- we're prepared and doing it ahead of time this week. Uh, but it's the day before the roster update. Yeah. So I had invested, I think I had about 110, 115 Tyler Malley's. I was like, he's about to go gold. And he might. But today, he had a really I, good start. His last start was really good. He did, but the one before it, which I think also counts towards the update, yeah. was like just so-so. So yeah. I needed some stubs today, and I bailed out of all of mine. Yep. Put some put some sell what orders you, what out there. What was he like? Nine fifty, nine hundred seventy-five, probably right I, now. Yeah, I was buying around like in the five fifty to five seventy range, and he was nine twenty-five, nine fifty today. So like, I still made a little bit at it. It's yeah. not really an investment, so to speak, but like he wasn't going gold this week. If he does, I'll be shocked. At just personally speaking, but. You, you have to monitor, like you can't make all your investments, all of your investments, even like a week out. You have to see how everything plays out. Mm-hmm. You can put some initial feelers out there to make sure you're stockpiled and your inventory is looking good, but you really can't make those really smart investments until maybe three or four days before. And you have to be early and quick on it. So yep. I don't know how many times, I mean, my word doesn't mean anything. I don't know how many times ants can tell people that and it's still doesn't hit home, but I'm, I'm helping enforce the point right now. You got to be vigilant. Like you got to be paying attention. One of the things I say the most is a lot of times the hype can be more valuable than an upgrade or a content drop mm-hmm. or anything itself. You know, for example, with the Tyler Molly, he's selling for, let's say he's selling for 950 subs right now. I mean, after tax, that's 875 ish, 870 ish. You're getting part, back. Yeah. And if you were to quick sell them, once he goes gold, you get a thousand a piece. So like you're only in, let's say you have a hundred of them. 
you're only missing 130 subs per piece that you're losing. That's 13K if you have 100 of them versus the risk of him not going gold and then his price suddenly tanks back down to 300 on a sell now or 250 mm-hmm. on a sell now. You know, it. Uh, a lot of people, you mentioned Galaxy Brain earlier. A lot of people try to Galaxy Brain things. Mm-hmm. I tell people a lot to just don't overthink it. You know, it's the same thing with like when to sell or not sell a card. You're like, oh, should I sell Trout now or will his price go up? And the thing I say is, okay, let's say you have, let's say Trout's selling for 300K right now. And let's say best case scenario in a month, he's 400K if his price has gone up. And you wait that month and you sell him for 400K. And so you got another 60K stubs or so, 70K stubs after the tax differences. That 70K stubs isn't worth him just sitting in your inventory for a month. You could have you could have sold them the day you talked about it and quadrupled that investment over a month's time with smart plays. So I think a lot of people try to overthink the market a lot of times and and make every single perfect play and maneuver and maximize every single sub possible, which you know in some instances is good, but a lot of times you just gotta you just gotta make make the simple place. I I sell off the hype. I if a, they're in the flash sale uh, last week, I mean I bought some old days at like five k. And I could have kept holding him. And he's probably he's probably up to like 18, 19,000 now. Maybe he went down when the Field of Dreams drop. I haven't checked on. But that same day of the flash, it was a back up to like 15, 16,000 subs. So I was like, you know what? He's I tripled my stubs. Yeah. I, I would be dumb to not take that win, sell off, be on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about this with Spore because he's so invested in the, the stats and the advanced stats. And yep. not to say that splits are advanced stats. They are the most accessible of stats you can find. But for some <laughs> You'd reason... You'd be surprised. <laughs> well, apparently a lot of the baseball-loving population has never heard of a split before. Because, like, you know, Raf- Rafael Devers and Joey Gallo, to me, were unexpected diamond additions or upgrades. I knew yeah, they were always expected- on the cusp. Once they once they announced a defensive upgrade, I was then like, okay, Devers is like for sure. Yeah, Gall- yeah, I definitely I expected Gallo an upgrade, but not a plus four right yeah. out the gate. Yeah, but like you look at like a Jared Walsh, who yep, you know, I was pretty, I would say, you know, in the in the middle in terms of investment on Jared Walsh when he was scorching hot. There was a week he hit a homer off Chapman and another lefty. Mm-hmm. I forgot who it was, and I was like, maybe this is the week. So I figured yep. I'd dip my toe in it. Didn't work out. Not a big deal. But yep. like today, Jesse Winker hit a grand slam off a lefty. And the conversation's bound to start again. This is yep. the week. It's happening. Yep. It's like, and guys, he's hitting like 180 against lefties <laughs> yeah. or something like that. It's not yep. happening. It was the same thing with uh, with Jared Walsh. I remember he hit that. He hit, I think he had two games in like a week where he hit a home run off a lefty. Yeah. And I remember I, I, I broke down his stats, his splits over the last month. And even after the two home runs off a of lefty, he was batting like a 155 versus yeah, and lefties. The, the and it's league like, average is he had like a Yeah, and he had like a 35 rating contact. I was mm-hmm. like, honestly, like if anything, he make it a downgrade <laughs> in his contact versus lefty, which he was he was so close to being a diamond. Like I could I could still have seen the the reasonable investment there because he was like I remember one day he had a two-star inside edge. They gave him a plus one. Yeah. And his inside edge puts him to an 85. Like, he was so close. But, yeah, a guy like Winker, yeah, he's, I mean, he's not going to get an upgrade versus lefties. It's mm-hmm. just, it's unless he starts, I mean, if he hits some more grand slams versus lefties, okay, that'll probably help. But yeah, with and where I, he currently is, mm-hmm. and his, his, he's not getting an upgrade versus varieties, it's no. already so high. Yeah. And he doesn't have, the big thing I talk about is the defensive floor. Defensive floor is huge because the defense can, that's that's why Joey Gallo went diamond. His mm-hmm. defense was so good. It 
he doesn't he doesn't need to be a good hitter to get a diamond. And he already had the power. He already had essentially maxed out defense. You just need any contact to get there. And he got that contact. Yeah. And with a guy to- like uh like a Harrison Bader or Tyler O'Neill, like they have solid defense. Yeah. They don't have to be great hitters to become a diamond. They just have to be like decent hitters mm-hmm. to get there. And both of them have been, but I don't yeah. know if they're going to go diamond, but both of them have. Yeah. Been yeah. I don't know if they're going to go yeah. diamond. I like I, Tyler O'Neill. This last week was quick sell. I don't think he's there anymore, but for a while he was quick sell. He was a thousand subs. Yeah. I really liked, I should have picked up more <laughs> at a thousand subs. So I really like, even if he doesn't go diamond, I like, the hype of, I think he's yep. going to get above 81. And I think the hype, hype train rolls at that point. Same with like Cody Bellinger. He's heated back up. I don't think he's going to go diamond soon because he's been so bad all year. But he's such a big name that like the hype train rolls on him. I'll invest for hype, even if I don't think they're going up. And generally, like, when, generally when you have a guy who's been a diamond for like the longest time and you, they get dropped to gold, they really have to prove it to get back it to takes diamond a second. because otherwise it's gold for two weeks and back to diamond. What's yep. the point? Like you have yep. to really prove it long yep. term. Yep. With a guy who's such a big name like Cody, though, they see Bellinger playing yeah. hot, and all of a sudden everybody goes invest in him, and he's five thousand subs as a gold all of a sudden. And then I bought him for two K. I can, I can, I can sell off the hype and make a hype train play. I I do that a lot, even if I don't think he's going up. I'll make a I'll make a hype a hype flip is what I call it. I'll try to buy him before the hype and then sell him before the roster update when the when the hype is high. That's why my plan with Cody, because he's not going diamond this week, obviously. No. But no, if he no. stays even relatively hot, the hype will be there for him to do it on the next update. That's a good point. Guys, you're getting early access to it. <laughs> um, I think people also forget or maybe are just too thick-headed to realize SDS will boost flashback and legend cards. Live series cards are going to be loosely based off this year and that you know, mysterious three-year average everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesse Winker, if they give him a lightning card ever, will probably be cracked against lefties. His yep. live series card will continue not to be. Look what they did with Schwarber. Look what they did with Votto. Neither of them deserved legitimate hitting stats versus lefties. Yep. But to make them playable high <laughs> yep. 90s cards, they had no choice. So I, don't, I, I think people, those, there's a disconnect. Those cards also don't impact somebody's live series at all. I mm-hmm. see people be like, I can't remember the last example, but like, X player gets a flashback uh, diamond all of a sudden. It's like, oh, is there is there live series not going to go diamond now because they got this other card? Or like, whenever uh, whenever Pete Alonso won the home run derby, oh, his live series card that night, yeah. his live series card that night was suddenly like it went up from it was quick sell to like four thousand subs yeah. all of a sudden. It's like <laughs> him winning the home run derby has nothing to do with no. him ever getting an upgrade <laughs> on his live series card. <laughs> Uh, so wild stuff we bring up Votto too and it's like you know we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow obviously yeah. but people are like locking in Votto as a diamond his his yeah. prices are so high right now is there a chance of course but like yeah the dude I mean, still what, can't hit lefties so i don't know what is his price right now now i'm confused now now, now i'm curious well, i wonder what his price is i bet his price right now is pretty similar to the point because like if you're investing you're gonna quick sell like that's yeah. a lot of people miss that as well like if you're investing and you have a hundred of a card, you're gonna quick sell them after mm-hmm. after you get that. I don't know what Votto is right now. Let's see if I can find out real I quick. Believe, when I looked this afternoon, I believe he was somewhere in the 4K sell now. Maybe a little less. Let's see if it'll pull up for me. Maybe with like Springer. Springer's been like 5K plus on the buy now. For a while. It's like I don't I don't know why you wouldn't sell on that. Because mm-hmm. 
That's that's what you're aiming for. That's that's the price you want him to be. Best case scenario. Let's see. Votto on he's forty nine hundred on the buy now. Four K on the sell now. Yeah. So, so you're like missing the five. You, you're losing your tax. Yeah. Right. Because you don't have the tax on a quick sell. But for a guy who's not like I mean nobody's hundred percent. He's he's at the price you would sell him at. Essentially, you know, you're missing the tax. But bad bottles. I'd be selling them all day at forty nine hundred subs. What's you know. There's if because if he doesn't go diamond, he goes right back down to two K. Yeah, but and there are like there are people trying to invest in the Votto game like this. Set. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, that's yeah, too late, yeah. guys. You missed yeah, the window. You cannot invest that four K. Yeah, you know that's that's also the conversation I was having with myself about Brian Reynolds today. You know he was a little less. He was like thirty two hundred on the sell now. Um, but like, you know, why bother? Just try to catch him, catch someone else early. Like I'd rather be ahead of the game than late to the game. So yep. people got to be just not everyone has the time and resources to be super diligent with it. But, yep. you know, maybe devote an hour one day instead of getting your ass kicked in a ranked game. You yeah. Know, check out the yeah. market. Yeah. And I mean, there's always some some obviously the earlier you get in, the more risk you have. And I think mm-hmm. that turns a lot of people off. But a guy like Jack Flaherty, I don't know what his price is now, but was incredible early this year. Yep. Was hurt and is coming back from injury now. And he's been at quick sell the entire time he's been hurt. He's been at quick sell. If he comes back. And it's pitching anything close to how he was at the start of the year. He probably goes up to diamond. He's been a diamond before. There's the precedent of that. Mm-hmm. He's pitching well this year. He probably gets right back there. And I mean, there's simple, you know, kind of long-term two update plays like that. Yeah. And there's a chance, you know, we mentioned that if a guy goes from diamond to gold, maybe SDS takes a little while, but in Flaherty's case, he went down to gold a while ago. He's yeah. been out for however long it's been. It's been several yeah. months at this point. If he yep. has like three good starts in a row, yeah. they might just juice him up back to like an yep. 85 or an 86. Like it, it's yep. definitely possible. And at, at worst, he comes back and has a good start. Hype train is there because mm-hmm. he's a name. He's been a diamond before. He, he's not a quick. If he comes back and has a really good first start, second start, he's no longer a quick sell card. He's right back up to that 35, 4K mark. Mm-hmm. I, I take those all day long. Oh, 100%. Yeah, um, I, take, I take that all day long. <laughs> the last thing I want to ask you about uh, investing in the market before we take a quick break with ads and, and move on to the next stuff is, you know, everyone invests based on bankroll. At least that's what they should do. You know, you you can't, you, to use a, a metaphor, you can't like bet out of your means. Like you can yeah. only bet what you have. So how do you kind of guide people towards like, you know, should they invest on silver's going gold? Should they invest on gold's going diamonds? Should they even go even lower and micro invest on like bronze going silver's? Like what's the sweet spot for you? I'm generally, I like goals to diamonds there. I think they're more projectable. I think we, I think most cases we can, we can be more consistent in predicting goals to diamonds. I think silver to golds, there's usually just like more, more variance. There's, mm-hmm. but there's also times where we probably, you know, at least every update, there's a, probably a silver to gold that nobody expected because there's so many of those silvers to gold. It's impossible for everybody to keep up with each of those. Yeah. And somebody's flying under under the radar. My man, uh, he's not going to go gold now because he had a couple a couple rough outings. But Craig Stallman, yep. Craig Stammen, it was like 160 subs uh, earlier this week. Oh, and, and then, I saw his price go up this week. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned yeah. him in my in my investment video, and then he started he started to climb a little bit. And then unfortunately, he had a he had a couple rough outings. So he's probably not getting it now. But if he wouldn't have had those rough outings, I mean, he was a 78 at 160 subs that was pitching well, had a decent shot to get a to get an upgrade and go up, go up to gold. I mean, there's those guys every week, but you really got to, 
take the risk and then do the research on those because there's so many, I mean, there's so many 79s in the game. Yeah. Theoretically, any of those could get an upgrade to gold. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, there's variance in the success rate of predicting it, but there's also yeah. variance. Like we've seen, we see it every week. Like which bronze guy got a plus seven this week? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. things are just out of whack sometimes like they're right. over corrections or yep. they're like, Oh shit, I forgot this guy existed. Yeah. And yeah. SDS there'll be, there'll be people who are, uh, Kyle Lewis last year. Yeah. I don't know if you remember him. He was a bronze for like a three time. months. Yeah. And he went bronze to gold. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I think he went bronze to gold one update. Yeah, or at and, least and, if, if it was one, if it was that, it was that it was two, maybe. Yeah. And like Cedric Mullins, obviously a very drastic yeah. out of the blue, maybe not out of the blue, but like out of the ordinary case where what he did he start as a common? I don't yeah, even know what he started, he started as, like, as a common. Yeah. The dude's an 85 or an 86 right now. And think of how many updates there have been several yeah. not a ton and then think of how many times they had to juice them like oh he's getting like a plus five this week so yep. it's hard to predict like when those big changes are and come. i mean they can you know we we've seen them we've seen them be a little cheeky with some updates as well to yeah. get guys to i remember uh like freddie peralta i didn't think he was going to go diamond because the thing he was lacking was his walks for nine like mm-hmm. his hits for nine and case for nine were really good on his card already but his walks for nine were terrible and he was walking a lot of people in real life, too. Obviously, he's still been pitching extremely effective. He's been great, but he's blocks a lot of people. Yeah, his That's control is to get not up. incredible. Yeah. yeah. And then uh <laughs> and then the update goes live and he gets like he got like a plus two hits for nine and then like a plus forty five to his clutch. <laughs> so like that's how we'll get him up. That's what we'll <laughs> that's do. How, whatever it that's takes. how we're gonna yeah. do it. We got it. We got it. <laughs> But then that also, I mean, not to keep going on tangents about rating yeah. systems, but that shows you how little clutch actually matters in like the grand scheme. Of, like, it took right. a 45 to get right. a plus one. Right. Yeah. Um, guys, we could talk for days with Hans about investing in the market and stuff. If, if you're not checking out his market Mondays and all the various other things, you know, at the end of the show, we're going to plug all the YouTube stuff. All the links will be in the description. If you're not subbed already for some stupid reason, please go sub. Um, he's got every tip you'd ever need to make as many stubs as you can imagine. So um, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our friends of the show. They were going to talk some real life baseball, some who knows what other tangents will go on. We'll have some fun. Uh, but first we're going to hear from thrive fantasy. And as always every week, I'm excited to be working with thrive fantasy. It's a daily fantasy sports app based around player props. Thrive fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research like those other DFS apps, uh, because it only asks you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. To play MLB games on Thrive Fantasy, you choose five out of the 10 player prop options to build that lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible and you could win a share of the prize pool. If you're looking to play games and make a little money during the MLB season, use promo code the show the pod, promo code the show the pod when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your very first deposit of $20 or more. If you download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, uh, you can win a little bit of money. Go online, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Lastly, our friends at Dugout Creative. Every week, I have this piece of paper, and every week I throw it away because I say something different about them every single week. They're fantastic is the number one. Uh, They have merch from, like, any streamer you could imagine. They have merch for your cities. Ants is probably picking something up right now to show everybody. Look at that, Dugout Creative. Support support your boys. Coupon code KDJTV gets you 15% off your order at checkout. And I don't know what else needs to be said about that. Go get some really comfy-ass shirts 
uh, or uh, shorts, whatever they have for cheap. And so it looks like you want to say something about dugout creative. They're they're incredible. Their <laughs> stuff is so nice. These short sleeve hoodies. Oh, I have a bronze. So nice, bro. Yeah, it's awesome. The short and the, their team stuff. I don't even. I ordered a Philly shirt the other day. Like, I don't even like the Phillies. Like, I, I don't care about the Phillies at all. But, like, the Philly shirt was sick. So, I ordered a Philly shirt the other day. <laughs> yeah, Dugout Creative all day. Dugoutcreative.com, yeah. 15% off. You use KDJTV at checkout. Um, and support your boy. I appreciate it. But I think another interesting thing to talk about with Ants is, you know, Rangers fan can have its, its ups and downs. My Yankees have taken your pride and joy, Joey Gallo, away. Uh, thank you. And I'm also not sure how I feel yet. He'll be fine in the long run, but it's, you know, yeah. whatever, but you're, you're very invested more so than I think people realize in, you know, the draft and stuff. Like I was in your yeah. streams, like right when the draft was about to happen and during the draft and you're not just spouting off names that are in the headlines. Like, you know, these guys. So yeah. where, where does that love of like prospects come from? I, I don't even know. I have no idea where it came from, but I just, I love prospects so much. I guess, I guess, I guess a lot of it probably would have been whenever I was really starting to get into baseball early 2000s. I mean, the Rangers were bad. So mm-hmm. the only thing to look forward to was prospects, you yeah. know? So I, I think that's probably a lot of what started it and the Rangers being in a similar situation. Now it makes me more uh, keen to know about the prospects because I'm not going to keep up with the major league team as much because there's nothing to keep up with. But yeah. so I think that leads me like, okay, well, what's, what's the future looking like? And I just, I love the prospect side of things i play a lot of out of the park baseball mm-hmm. and i love the prospects aspect of that so yeah i can i i love the prospecting side of baseball a ton a so ton a ton give me the give me the scout on jack lighter for people who've never heard of jack lighter because they live under a rock is like is this guy getting <laughs> is this guy getting tj in like a year like what are we talking about? i oh my god i hope <laughs> not so there i think since 2014 2014, 2015, Rangers have the most Tommy John surgeries given out in the major leagues by like a by like a significant margin. So fingers crossed. But they've yeah. they've they in 2018, 2017, they like revamped their entire minor league system. They like all the coaches were a lot of them were fired, brought in new guys, a new, a new direction, everything. And so I think we're seeing the payoffs of that in the Rangers system now. So I think it's taken some time, but like if it would have been 2015 and the Rangers had the number two pick and they drafted lighter, he'd probably be in a ball, double a ball pitching right now. Yeah. But this year they were like, okay, no, I mean, you just pitched in the college world series every like four days. Let's give the dude a break. Don't even think about throwing yeah. a baseball for us. Like he's going back to, he's going back to Vanderbilt. He finishes his degree. He trains with them there, which like, that's great. Like they, they have an incredible system. I think I was reading where a lot of the guys like David price and Sonny gray and Mike Weiner who came from Vanderbilt, that's where they go train in the off season still. So yeah. that's where he's going to be. It's like, all right, I'm, I, I love that. I make it slow, take his time. Nice projectable college arm with a solid ceiling, solid floor. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm really, really excited for it. And he's the type of guy, you know, assuming they keep him on the track to be in the rotation because I mean, let's be honest, they're not competing next year. They don't need no. to rush a college arm for the bullpen yep. down the stretch. Yep he's the type of guy who could progress to the point where like spring training before the, not next season, but the following season, mm-hmm. maybe he's in the running for a spot or at the very least like that's, a spot start early in the season. That's, that's, that's kind of where I hope that going into 2023, he's both playing for a spot and the Rangers are in a position to be more competitive Yeah, is, is what I'm hopeful for. But I was reading uh, an interview from Chris Young, the new Rangers GM now, which gave me some hope is that, you know, they said that we're, we're going slow with him. Mm-hmm. We're not rushing him. And, and 
basically we're not going to be directing what he does and where he is in, in a very general sense. Obviously they're going to be down there coaching him yeah. and, and giving him, but they were like, when he's ready to move up to the next level, he'll let us know. And we'll be able to see that with the results on the field. We're not going to be like, Oh, it's 2022 now midway through the season. Like you're supposed to be in double a right now, but you need to go up there and we need to see these results where it's, it's going to be a slow process, which I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see. Yeah. Having, he, he's former pitcher, Chris Young, right? So, like, yeah, having, yeah. having Chris Young's a pitcher. Yeah. 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 So, I think having I, like leadership guys who were pitchers is like, that's the best development system you can need. They know what's going on. The Rangers haven't developed a pitcher in a very, very long time. <laughs> of like Derek Holland was probably the last guy from the Rangers system that, that was yeah. developed. There's been a lot of, a lot of misses in there. And oh, so, the, uh, Neftali uh, Feliz, is that Neftali his name? Feliz. Yep, they tried their yep. best with him. Yep. Yep. Martin yeah. Perez yep. was always, was always right on yep. the cusp. There was a couple of guys that I remember who Martin Perez, I was convinced he was the next Johan Santana. That was like all this comps coming up and I was, yeah. I was convinced and he just, just never happened. But I think now all of a sudden the Ranger system has like a couple of pitchers that are yeah. looking really, really solid that um guys like Cole Wynn, he was like the first round draft pick in mm-hmm. 2017, I think for the Rangers. Yeah. 2017. And he was like the first guy kind of of this new system. Instead of like throwing him out there and out of high school and going through it, they put him on a massive like deloading program. And he took a lot of time away from pitching and then got back into it and wasn't that great. Fixed a couple of things, got really good right at the end of 2019 and then lost all of 2020 and came out this year in double. And was like, yeah, I'm just going to dominate everybody. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what he do you started think? the futures game this year. Yeah. Yeah, so if people futures games a ton of fun to watch. He also has yeah. a prospect card in MLB the show twenty one. Yeah. If you've heard the name before, yeah. Um, you know, what do you think of the prospects that Rangers got back at the deadline? A lot of people at the Joey Gallo trade were like, "What in the hell is this?" But yep. I mean, did they get a number one or number two prospect out of the Yankee system? No, they got a nice collection though. And you know, usually you want quality over quantity, but in prospect case, sometimes quantity is better. Yep. Yep. And I think. I think um, this year, more than anything, we have a, you know, a lot of people look at ranking numbers and they, they assign a trade being a good or bad based off of a ranking number of a prospect, especially in will be pipeline, which, you know, nothing against it will be pipeline, but those ratings are preseason based yep. off of a year in which we didn't have a 2020 minor league season. So mm-hmm. it's based off what limited information people got these in, instruct camps at these major league sites. And then 2019 numbers. So it's, you know, a lot of it was a shot in the dark. So for example, when you have like Ezekiel Duran and Josh Smith who start 2021 and are just tearing the cover off the ball and maybe they're the 14th and 15th prospect on them would be pipeline, but in, internally and, and within, you know, scouting departments, they've, they both raised their stock quite a bit. So you look at it on, as a number on a ranking and it's like, Oh, that's not great. But when you kind of start to break it down even further, it looks a lot better than it is. I think baseball America has them as fourth and fifth in the Ranger system. So, I mean, two top five prospects within the Ranger system they got back. You also have to remember too, is like rankings are relative to the team they were playing for. Yep. So like the yep. Yankees is eight and nine prospects could be yep. the Rangers three and four. Like I'm not saying yep. that's exactly what it is, but right. it could right. translate that way. So it could mean a lot more to Texas than it does the Yankees. Yep. Yep. So, you know, and they couldn't keep Gallo. Uh, yeah. Fan favorite. Sure. But it would have not been, it would have been a Colorado like business decision to keep him. And yep. I say that because Colorado's a bunch of morons for keeping any player of any value. <laughs> like 
Like, I don't understand. See, I'm not, I'm not super team. I, I understand we'll keeping see. John Gray. I didn't get until I heard his thoughts on it. Then I was fine. Trevor story didn't make sense to me. Like My if they're not going to sign is, him, get him out of here. Here's another thing with the Gallo trade as well is the value of prospects is, mm-hmm. is never been higher. Yeah. It's never been, you know, you don't get top end guys back. Unless you trade Trey Turner and Max Scherzer together, then you can get like two top guys back, you know. Yeah. But the the value of prospects is is so so crazy this year that that's another reason I like the Gallo trade. You know, if if the if an alternative proposal would have been okay, instead of Duran and Smith, you can get like one of the Yankees' top prospects, obviously not named Jason Dominguez, so like Clark Schmidt or Davey mm-hmm. or um, Peraza. Like I'd probably would have rather had the combination of Smith and Duran and hope that in two years, one of them is considered a top prospect versus one singular top prospect. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And Fangraphs now has the Rangers as the deepest system that they rank. They have surprised me. They have 69 prospects that, that they deem worthy of being considered a prospect. And I think Pittsburgh's second at, at 62. So there's there, the top end talent isn't necessarily there, but there's so much depth that statistically, handful of those guys are going to pan out and be top end talent and exceed what their projections are right now. There were people on the timeline on deadline day. It was blowing my mind because I don't pretend that I'm smarter than anybody else. Cause there are plenty yeah. of people much smarter yeah. than me. Yeah. But when no Same. one knew what was going back to Texas in the Gallo trade and people were like, Oh, I hope it's not Jason Dominguez. I'm like, are you an idiot? There's no way the Yankees are ever trading oh. that man. Unless oh. Unless, oh man, unless it's should, Mike Trout, child, like because he's 17 years old, but like you know, it's in the Mike next, Trout or Tatis or Acuna, yeah, and those or like, are the three or all time. Those it. are the four names. Or in the next two years, if like maybe he's not a budding superstar, right, best of all right. time, and like maybe he's just a mid-level prospect, sure yeah. they'll trade him. But like right now at 17, when everybody nope. who sees him play, they're like, holy shit. Yep. They literally call him the Martian because they've never seen talent like it before. Like I don't understand why yep. you'd think that yields Joey Gallo. No, no, no. I mean, hey, I would have been here for it. I wouldn't oh, have I mean, complained. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I wouldn't have complained at all. I would have been so here for it. Like, yeah, this is I a think... guy who could come up like at Juan Soto age, at, like yep. late 19, early 20, love... and be real. <laughs> Speaking of Juan, I saw a tweet the other day. I guess uh, what, Juan Soto's 22 right now. Is I he still so. 22? Yeah. I think Adley Rushman just turned 23, and somebody tweeted like, wow, I can't imagine how good Juan Soto is going to be when he turns Adley Rushman's age. <laughs> <laughs> He's that guy's crazy. And that's that the difference crazy. between like a guy who played in college and a guy who's an international free agent yep. who just grinded his ass off. And you know, everybody gets their shot at different points. I'm yep. hoping Jason Dominguez maybe is even in September because the Yankees suck. <laughs> They're getting better, but they need a spark. There's no spark on this team. They need yeah. it. Uh, you know, Anthony Rizzo, COVID aside, was a nice spark, but he's not yeah. young, fast, or exciting. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, um, the value of prospects is just so high. Yeah. And I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people overlook that. It's not the the days old of trading your ace for three of a team's top five prospects. Just it doesn't it doesn't happen anymore. It and doesn't. Which is which is the only too. reason I kind of understand the Rockies keeping story. If with with one because he, he at the trade he's turned it on now, but at the trade deadline he had been in the middle of a really bad slump. Yeah, and so with Baez then becoming available, it probably lowered story's value because. The teams that need a shortstop could then also, you know, the Mets need a shortstop. They were able to go, well, didn't really need a shortstop, but they need middle infield and they were able to go grab Baez. And so if the market wasn't there for story like they would have expected and they viewed that supplemental round draft pick 
whatever, 45th, 46th, whatever it will be more valuable than whatever prospect they'll get back. I can see that happening. I can see that. But then this is the, the cynic in me. It's like you have to be able to trust your draft room and your scouting yep. department. Yep. And do we trust the Rockies yep. draft? Drafting now, people? I don't. Yeah. Now they absolutely should have traded him just last offseason, though. Whenever they no, traded yeah. Renato, his value they missed was the boat. way talk higher. About missing yeah. the boat on investing. They missed the yeah. boat a long time ago. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, they they missed that one. And another thing with the Rangers, I like to talk to all my guests about their favorite teams, like we've done. But I also like to talk about uh, tying it back to MLB the Show. What Rangers legends or flashbacks or whatever that we don't have in the game right now that you would love to get back. Like, I think you and I were both probably excited this year that Soriano was back. Yeah. Yankees all-time team, Rangers all-time team. Like, guys of that vein, who, who's missing from the Rangers? That there's, like to have? there's only one answer, and it's a shame that he retired the year before. I call it the in-game card meta okay. because, <laughs> you know, in, in, 18 and, in 18, we had Immortals, and mm-hmm. it was Immortal or nothing. And then in 17, we had, like, hardware, but even like hardware cards back then, they didn't have the 125 attribute cap. So like those cards paled in comparison to what we have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he retired the year before the end game card meta. That's Adrian Beltre. Yeah. I need an Adrian Beltre signature series, prime card contact. I mean, he would be, he would have everything but speed. I mean, he wouldn't be mm-hmm. super fast. If he was six series. He'd probably be decent, but he'd have 99 fielding, everything at third base, 110 power, Hundred contact. Oh, he'd be he'd be insane. Give him get make his no doubt animation. Him going down the one knee yeah. and hitting a home run. Oh, I need that. And Which, I got I, two comments on Beltre too. Is like one, he's the perfect candidate to have in the game as a legend because he made so many stops in his career and had yep. so and many. He was like, loved, loved everywhere, loved. and not to say ups and downs, but like he had yeah. like a fifty homer season in Los Angeles, and then like a crazy season in Boston. You can give him so many different variations of cards before mm-hmm. his end game one. Um, and You're I also so good at I, many, many different things. Exactly. Exactly. He can get a gold glove card that could still yep. hit. He can get a silver slug. Yep. Um, but I only want Beltre if in the pregame animations, they give us someone trying to touch his head. <laughs> I want that. That or him, uh, him moving the on deck circle. <laughs> that was oh, that one. So that was, that was the one, t- I think the one time or it's second time in his career, he's ever got ejected from a game. Mm-hmm. And that night he had his 2,997th hit and was three for three before he went up to bat. Mm-hmm. The on deck circle gets ejected, right? I was at the next two games and saw his 2,998th and 2,999th hit. So if he could have not been ejected that and gotten a four and gotten four for four that game with the hit, I would have seen a 3,000th hit in person. I was very upset about that. Damn it, Adrian. Um, I was very upset about that. <laughs> I think another legend that would make us both happy as Yankees and Rangers fans would be Teixeira. I'd love yep. to have him back in the game. Yep, Teixeira would be sweet. Um, and there were three other names I had thought of for the Rangers. Uh, Juan Gonzalez. Just yep, a, Juan John. Juiced power bat. Yeah. Um, give me like a new type of all-star game card and give me Hank Blaylock. <laughs> that would be oh. so fun uh dude hammer and hank his yeah. career is so weird he was 23 years old all-star 110 rbis like 30 home runs mm-hmm. and then that was it he was well, done he, fa- he, he was out of the into, league at like 28 he falls after being into an the all-star for me of you know it's hank blaylock it's bobby crosby C- crosby if we remember his name and yeah. khalil yeah. green yeah two good seasons out yeah done done, done. um and this is also just to make Dimu happy. Julio Franco. Needs I was going to say Julio game. Franco. Yeah. 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 Julio Franco for sure. Yeah. Definitely need a Julio Franco. 
because the Rangers, what's funny too, is like, you know, have they had the most success in their career or franchise history, whatever? Not necessarily. They've had exceptional players though. Like yeah, Rafael Palmero, obviously PEDs might be an issue there, but like Rafael Palmero, everyone wants A-Rod. Like, Man, we need A-Rod. A-Rod, I think, yeah. I think is, there's a couple players who could do it. But A-Rod, I think is one of the few players who would, Definitely warrant multiple 99 in-game style cards. Yep. I think you could have a 99 with the Mariners, one with the Rangers, and one with the Yankees, and they would all be incredible, but different within their own rights to, all, to be unique enough to, to warrant it. I know, like, Barry Bonds yeah. could do that as well. Easily. You know? But, yeah, there's only a handful of guys that, that could warrant multiple 99-level cards. And now that the Milestone series exists, they made it so much easier. You give me a 40-40 A-Rod from the Mariners, right? He was 40-40 with the Mariners. You give me an MVP from the Rangers and like a 2009 postseason card for the Yankees. And boom, you just hit 99s across the board. Yep. Yep. And they're all all a little bit different, but all incredible. Yeah. But he's a guy who moves games. Like. Yeah. Yeah. He's like. We'll know he's coming before the game's out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's cover athlete, but he's close. I think. Yeah. Jeter, like Jeter's cover athlete. Mm-hmm. When, when Jeter's in the game, he'll be on the cover. Or like and, a special edition steel book like they did with. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, with Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no Jeter halfway through the cycle. Oh, snap, here's Derek Jeter. He's he's everywhere in your face from the get. And he would be incredible, too. I don't care, like, I don't care what his numbers say he would warrant. If Jeter's in the game, he's going to be juiced to the nines. And he's yeah, going to be that shortstop easily. The fielding, well, whatever. I don't, they'll make him a gold fielder. I don't they care. Would make, like, they would give him 85 fielding or whatever, whether yeah. he deserves it or not, he would get that. And you could parallel him up to like a 90 or, you know, but like, whether, I'm not comparing Jeter and Clemente, very different players, but like you yeah. look at the stats or the attributes, yeah. they just juice Clemente yeah. with Jeter would have the same contact. Yeah. And Clemente didn't hit a ton of home runs. I know he played on like a football field or whatever the fuck he played on the biggest field you've ever seen, but like they can give Jeter 80 power. I, he, I, he I, I say you just, when when Jeter's in the game, his milestone card is a three thousand fifth card. That was a home run. Boom. Mm-hmm. That's your that's your reasoning that's for your juicing excuse. the power. Yeah. Like hey, a hundred power. He is his three thousand fifth was a home run. That's what mm-hmm. it's based after. Because the the only opportunity they would have had to give him an MVP card was the year Morneau beat him out by like only so much. And that year, I think Jeter had like twenty seven homers. He had a hundred RBI. Like that would have been his card. But you know, damn Canadians and Justin Morneau, <laughs> uh, who's another card I'd love to have. By the way. Not even related to the Yankees or Rangers. Um, now, as far as the game this year, we don't have a lot of time left, so just kind of like a couple little things. But the, the game went from like I don't know, maybe the best one we've ever played the first two weeks to like what is happening on a daily basis. Like I'll fire it up today, and it'll be as smooth as it's ever been. I'll fire it up tomorrow, and nothing makes physical sense. So, like, I don't know, where do you stand on just how the game is interacting with you and the community? You know, what, what are you feeling? Uh, I mean, it's definitely still the best, in my opinion. Okay. Which, you know, that doesn't mean it can't be a lot better because uh, it is very frustrating to, uh, you know, I'll play a ranked game in a Hall of Fame and I'll score 13 runs and I'm, I'm feeling great. And then I'll play the next game and I'll get two hits. You know, it's, and it just, you know, I had, I had, and it, your PCI will be all over the ball and it's just like pop-ups or perfect line. You know, you just get, you just get the bad run, which like, you know, sometimes that's baseball, but it doesn't make it less frustrating when it happens so often, or, you know, 
like a perfect, perfect line out. Like those don't bother me as much as a lot of people, because I think, you know, statistically you can even break down your own like perfect, perfect average. And, yeah. and for people, it's going to be like nine fifty plus, like mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, you, you remember the times you got the perfect out. You don't remember all the perfect, perfect home runs, but it'll be the ones where it's like center PCI one twenty five power. And then do not even get to like the warning track, you know, on a, on a pop-up there's, I, I had that happen with big Poppy the other day, bottom of the ninth inning, three, one game, a little outside change up. So I was slightly, I was slightly late side of good, which is kind of like, that's the timing you want on an outside pitch. Cause yeah, you want to take it, that, shoot it that way. you want to go with that the other way. Yeah. Um, slightly under it, but it was still fully in the PCI PCI wasn't under it fully in the PCI, but just, it was in that upper third of the PCI a little bit closer to the middle. So like a nice little loft and it, it didn't even get to the warning track going, going down the left field line. I was like, what even, what, how, how does that, how does that even happen? Yeah. That's, that's, that's David Ortiz is 125 powers versus a righty. Mm-hmm. It's a changeup. Like he demolishes that ball yeah. and it. Yeah. So there's been, there's been frustrating aspects of that. I think, I think a lot of it is definitely, even though we're connected to the servers, there's server-based issues still. Yeah. Even, even though we're not getting kicked off, I think, I think they weren't, they weren't prepared or ready or expecting uh, the game pass or large influx of, of Xbox users, at least with enough time to fully be prepared for what that would do. And there's probably some of it where even if on their end, it was like, okay, we're prepared. We, you know, we're expecting these numbers. We have this amount of servers, whatever, whatever. It's probably tough to really predict how those type of things are going to play out with a brand new console that they never worked with before until it like really goes live. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing a lot of that is stuff that can't really be, there's probably some fundamental game code stuff that has to be changed. That probably oh, yeah. can't happen. I would imagine so during the middle of a season. So I'm hopeful for those changes next year. I think I, I, I'm hopeful for next year that, that we can get some of those changes, but I think it's going to come at the expense of, changes in how diamond dynasty plays. And I think we're running into an issue now where since 19 diamond dynasty fundamentally has been the same. Yeah. You have player programs, you have inning programs, you have ranked seasons, you have BR and it, and you have conquests and it's a revolving door of going through those. And anybody who's played since 19 probably agrees that like, okay, it, we, we could refresh some of this and how some of this works. And I, I worry that we're not going to be getting that until they fix some of the more, fundamental issues which of course needs to be fixed but i i would like a content refresh as well but yeah i'm hopeful next year they can start working on on some of that stuff maybe as it, as it goes fully next gen as well we can see some see some changes there this mm-hmm. year is definitely uh i kind of always viewed it out the gate as like a transition year first time on xbox ps4 and you know last gen and next gen managing all of that and Doubling, tripling your player base with the with Game Pass. I think oh, I don't know what I don't know what the numbers were with how many people played, but obviously this has been the most played over the show ever. Mm-hmm. I think this was kind of like okay, let's we have all we have all this already happening. Let's let's get through here before you start making these crazy fundamental changes. So I'm hoping for some new engine type things, you know, happening with mm-hmm. uh, as we move the next gen only, and hopefully yeah. that's something that's like okay, we've been working on that for several years now because. We haven't made these drastic sweeping changes to the current game for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, I can usually sympathize with the that's baseball crowd to some yeah. degree. Yeah, to some degree. To, yeah, some, to degree. some degree. But like yeah. the, the three things that are not that's baseball related <laughs> that really piss me off on a daily basis are like 
Eddie Murray is the worst fielding player in the game, and it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Doesn't make Matt a Olson. lick of sense. Matt Olson for me had more errors in five games than David Ortiz has had over the course of this entire year. First base yeah. is entirely size based. Mm-hmm. Like the fielding rate, you could have a zero fielder at first base, and I think they would. If yeah. they're big enough to block down a ball, it doesn't it doesn't matter. And that's been a problem like since Frank Thomas. I remember Frank Thomas oh, in nineteen. Yeah, platinum glove Frank Thomas. I think, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure people played Frank at third because he was still big enough to just knock down everything. And what goes with fielding too, and this is I can't tell you how many times per day I like flip my lid over this. Pitchers, guys, are not that good in the field. Yeah. They catch everything in this game and sometimes it looks like the ball's behind them and they just like yep. oh i got it it's in my glove and you know every other game i see that backwards catch behind the back animation can we let pitchers- or the one where it's like right above the head it's like kind of like the yeah one of this these one guys. right here is just yeah. yeah it's just they just snag that right there all right we got it yeah it's like let's let's make pitchers realistic should greg yeah. maddox field every ground ball probably probably yeah. like sure like you're random bronze starter in BR? Nope. Absolutely not. Like let's let's make it a little more realistic so we can say that's baseball. Yeah. Like that's really yep. how baseball is. Yeah. Um and the other thing is I don't steal a ton. Just yeah. Especially in a game where home runs are the meta, why would you want to run yourself into outs? There are situations where it makes sense. I'm totally not against it. But why does stealing not work? I, I mean I think that's the most basic way to put it like how many times a game are, are you going to try to steal and your guy just like lags in between first and second? Yeah, there's some of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I've like, actually had a lot of luck with stealing because I've, I've, I've realized that 95% of players don't even pay attention to a runner at first base. Yeah. You have so to, what I, and, pick and up I ran on into that, some though. problems with this, yeah. but I'll press steal. I literally, so I, I'll press steal, right? And I, I just spam L1 and my guy gets like a three step lead. <laughs> and if you're pressing L1 as soon as the pitch starts, he'll get like a perfect jump almost yeah. every time. And then it's a it's a guaranteed steal. The only problem is sometimes the L one input will read it as going to third base. So then they round. And they you gotta go be careful. To third base. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I realize like ninety five percent of percent of people don't check runners. So I I mm-hmm. I steal just all day long. Now bunting, I can't bunt. Well, I don't. If think I, anyone if I have, can, you can only push bunt to second base. Sacrifice bunting is not real. Yeah, yeah. If people drop bunt against me, it doesn't matter who it is down the line, beautiful, or right to the <laughs> second baseman deep. I'll be up with Greg Maddox. And I, I'm at the point where if I have a pitcher up, it doesn't matter the situation. I take a strikeout if there's a runner on first. Because yeah. I'm not I'm not bunting. It's a double play if I do. Guaranteed, guaranteed he one chops it right to the pitcher, double play every single time. Like It, it doesn't take a genius to fit. Like I played baseball. I played club baseball in college. Like I, I understand the game of baseball. I was a bunter and base runner. That was my job. There is no world in which a runner on first or second needs to steal for the sacrifice bunt to yeah, occur. Yeah. And I just think and again, you know you know if you steal, it's getting popped up. Exactly. You know 100%. it. You know 100%. it. You already know. 100%. And so, like, you know, I'm not a, a game developer or a coder. So what yeah. I'm saying might be like out of pocket or whatever, but I think the solution is just lessen or deaden the exit velo off the bat on a bunt. It's that simple. The ball gets to the fielders off a bunt way too quickly. Yeah. Unless it's going to second base and you're safe every time. That's, you know, stupid. But I just think fixing the little things in a game that's all about the home run might actually make make people do the little things the right way. Yeah. 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 Or even have it to where, like, if the game reads it's a bunt, there's like a delay in the picture reaction. So they can Mm -hmm. still get, if it's like a 99 speed and they go straight to first on a bunt right to them, they can get it. But they don't have 
that ability to get the guy a second or just have like the runner on first get a better jump. Because yeah. like in real life, like if there's a button down, you're getting a huge secondary. Yeah. And as soon as as soon as it's down, you're there. And by the time a pitcher feels the ball, they're almost already at second base, mm-hmm. you know, but the you don't get that kind of jump there. There's like yeah. a there's like a pause and a delay and and all that. Well, I now, think too, I will I've say, never noticed, but do pitchers fall off the mound after they pitch in this game? Or are they immediately like front facing at the at the batter? Because I feel like if they sure. fell their direction off the mound like you right. would on a follow through, that would make their reaction slow. Yeah. 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 I I'm know. not I, I don't I don't feel like they do really too much, at least. At least I feel like, you know, if I if there's a righty and I and I hit a ground ball up the middle, but like left left side, mm-hmm. they certainly have no problem spinning and yeah. net having that ball right there. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I'm pitching. I love pinpoint pitching. I absolutely yeah. love pinpoint pitching so much. It's it's changed the game for me. It's, it's made people be able to pitch. And like yeah. that was the point. Yeah. Like yeah. And the there's frustrating aspects. Yeah. For sure. You know, offensively it, it can be tough if somebody's sitting there dotting you all game long. But it's so nice to be able to to pitch and not feel like it's a coin flip on, on whatever happens. It's so nice. I, think, I can't wait. I can't wait for like 99 Maddox. Oh, I think God, he's going to be, be God. I like, I had like a seven ERA with Maddox, his six series last year. I can't wait for him this year. I'm so excited. In some ways, like obviously pinpoint has given the upper hand to pitchers, but if you're a smart hitter, I yeah. think pinpoint at least makes knowing where the pitch is going easier. Yeah. What I mean by that is like, sure the corners are like super susceptible to just getting dotted up real quick. But at the same time, very rarely are people going to be in the middle of the plate. Now that's why yeah. fastballs down the dick are really hard to hit this year. I, dude, I can't hit it. Yeah. They, if you want to get me out, just throw it down the middle every yeah. time. Cause I'm just looking on the edges. <laughs> that's, that's oh yeah. And my PCI like. will be so far yeah. under it. Yeah. Nothing yeah. will happen, but like, you can just sit like, Oh, this guy's dot me with sinkers inside. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to sit on the inside the whole time. And eventually yeah. I'll square one up. Yeah, and the majority of pitchers, especially since the little tweaks to control and the per- getting a perfect, perfect pitch mm-hmm. that they've done, you know, even if you're insane with pinpoint, 90% of pitchers can't locate it every single time. And so if they are just going straight for the corner, they're going to end up throwing a lot of balls. I had, I, I lost this game, but just the other game, I had DeGrom at like 81 pitches through five innings because... He was, he was throwing a lot of balls, mm-hmm. you know, because he was trying to dot up so much and he was just missing just enough to, I was able to work up the counts. Now I'd get to a three, two count and swing at a slider in the dirt and strike out. But like, I was at least getting to those situations. That sounds like my I was life, giving myself a shot. Yeah. I think we're the same player. Cause like <laughs> sliders in the dirt, anything in the dirt, oh. I'm swinging slider inside slider away. Doesn't matter if it's a slider I'm pressing X. That's why I love, I don't know if you've noticed this Wander Franco. If the pitch is inside, he jumps away. It doesn't matter. Next, use Wander Franco and just. Oh, he's my shortstop. I love Wander. Uh, if if it's like even an inch inside on a slider, he jumps away every I single I never time. Really paid attention to it. That's, and so the amount of times great. I get bailed with him and I'm pressing X to swing and he does like the jump away animation multiple times a game. And you're sitting and on stream. You're sitting on stream like, oh, good take, good take, good yeah, take. Yeah. I always want to do that. <laughs> I'll get. I'll do one of these. I'll like. He'll like back away and I'll be like, I didn't. I didn't press X. Don't worry. No. <laughs> I, did. I didn't press X as hard as I pressed it in my entire life on that pitch. Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but he, I can't take him out of my lineup because he works a ton of walks for me just because of that. Yeah, I love Wander. He's my shortstop. 
for even with Lindor coming out, I think and he's now, my now when Lindor like, comes out, I'll know what this. Well, once I get Lindor, we'll have to see. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I Franco's the type of guy like two hits a game, even if they're yeah. singles, I don't care. He's bad he keeps, in, the, yeah. he keeps the line he moving. finds singles. I don't. He's batting like three eighty for me. He finds he yeah. finds hits. I'm I'm definitely at a I'm definitely getting big time lineup conundrums right now. Oh, once I, I unlocked Clemente, today. yeah, I unlocked Clemente. I had to go through a lot of a lot of soul searching with the lineup to figure out what I actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah. it was not easy. I There's made, so many guys it. I feel like I can't take out. Like I can't take yeah. out Chipper and I can't take out Wander mm-hmm. and I can't take out Mookie or Jackie mm-hmm. yep. or uh, Trey Turner. Jackie. Yeah, dude, Jackie's okay. I'm not gonna lie. I may be the sub guy, but I just got Jackie when Mookie released. I didn't have him before that. I was, I don't know why. Their, their own pace. That's fine. I was so stingy. I was just like, yeah, I have the subs, but I don't want to spend 30K a piece <laughs> on these 42 cards. That you're never going to use. Yeah, I just I just don't want to do it. And then finally, when I needed him for, for Mookie, I, I pulled the trigger. And then he's batting like 475 for me. So I probably should have done that sooner, but hey, it happens. It happens. I made a very tough decision this morning. Um I want to use Guerrero. Yeah. I want to give Clemente a shot. You know, yeah. Yeo, I was watching Yeo's stream today. He's hitting 500 foot nukes with Clemente. I'm yeah. like, well, he's got to be good. And, yeah. You know, Mookie is Mookie. I don't want to take Trey Turner out the lineup. So you I can't actually take just, Trey Turner out. I just took Trout out. And like, it hurts me. I took me. Trout out as well. It, it yeah. hurts me because he's he's been like, I bought him week one. Like, I didn't spend a stub in game the entire first week purposely to poach Trout immediately. That was my strategy going into this year. And he's been my rock the whole year. But, like, I'm not bored of him, but I want to use Clemente and left, Guerrero and right, and Mookie and center. Like, is there a better yeah. outfield than that? I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just, I totally know, agree. Lineup conundrums at this point are good, though. Like, you want yeah. that. Yeah. I think I started doing worse as I use people more, too, though. I think, mm-hmm. I, think I, get, I get bored with people and I start doing bad with them. I was in a massive slump and then TA3 dropped and I redid my entire lineup and I went from batting. Like the season before Team Team Infinity Three dropped, or like right when it dropped that season, I hit like two fifty in ranked, and then the season before that hit like three forty five, and then TA three dropped. I, I redid my entire lineup with all the TA three guys, and all of a sudden I was batting three fifty in ranked again. I think yeah. I, I get bored with players, and I I I struggle because of that. Yeah, I actually thought about I've thought about starting. I, I thought about I'm going to. I got to work out a lot of the details, but start a YouTube series where I essentially have like an entire organization. So like a major league team, triple A team, double A team Mm -hmm. in rank seasons and like people move up and down based off how they're doing. That way I can use, I can, I like, I could, I could, I could make three full teams of lineups with like cards that are good enough to hop into rank seasons and like be decent. Especially with the parallel system now too. Yeah. 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 And so I got to flesh some of that out, but that's, that's kind of like as content dies down my idea of trying to make, you know, and then the goal being moving people up and down until we get the perfect squad together to make the world series. Essentially. That's kind that's of, a, it's a very fire, rough idea. It's very rough idea. Yeah. yeah. I got, I got, I got to, I got to flesh out some details of it. But yeah. I love that. Um, so I, I guess now is a good time to, to start plugging all the socials. I mean, this has been a great conversation guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, this, this fire new content idea could in some form or fashion be coming soon to the YouTube channels and, and maybe even live streamed. I don't know what Ants is, is planning, but w- where can the people find you everywhere? If for some reason they already have not. Subscribed? Yeah. So, um, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all Ansel Armstrong right out the gate. We're on, we're on, we're on everything. That's consistent. We're on, we're on it all. Yeah. Yeah. And quick, 
because people I'm sure want to know where's the name come from it. So, <laughs> um, growing up being from Texas, okay. Nat and Lance Armstrong being from Texas, that, that ended up being a big deal in Texas. You know, he was, he was competing on a world stage. So I remember my dad was really big into watching the tour de France. But I started watching it as well, you know, seven, eight years old, whenever he was, whenever he was competing and winning those titles. Um, so that kind of got me into cycling as a whole. And so then when I went to college, I finally convinced my parents to buy me like a racing bike, like a halfway decent starter racing bike. Mm -hmm. uh, and I went to Texas Tech and I joined the cycling team there just kind of starting out oh, and cool. pretty much fell in love with that instantly raced at a collegiate level all four years that I was there. Um, halfway decent at it. And so I got my PlayStation my junior year of college. So I was like trying to think of a unique name and I wanted like a fun play on words. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well like Lance, like I like cycling a lot. Lance Armstrong, most known cyclist. What if I did like a little play on words, <laughs> Ansel Armstrong, and it really rolled off the tongue. And that was kind of a, it's yeah, it started just as my PSN name. And then of course, once I started streaming, I was like, might as well just use my PSN name. That, that makes a lot of sense. So guys, if you were hoping for that answer to be in this podcast somewhere, you had to wait until the very, very end, but that's called good hosting because I made you listen through. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a question people have. Everyone wants to know where everyone's names came from. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can't tell you how many times people are asked in any stream you go to, why are you this? Like, yeah. but, you know, everyone's got their own story. Um, but guys, again, I hope you enjoyed this episode with, Ants are MLB The Show community cyclist and orange juice aficionado. <laughs> um, I hope hopefully he doesn't get blasted for that take again. But we're we're gonna post a clip on social, so we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, but I hope you guys subscribe to him. I hope you guys listen to his tips. He'll make he's made me stubs. He'll make you stubs if you are not galaxy branding things like we talked about. So yep. Uh, and now you guys do is watch. Never have to. That's it. That's, that's, that's one thing I pride myself on is that, you know, all my content will is, and always will be free. Cause I, I started it to, to help people out. That's actually how I kind of started with MLBs. I had, I had a friend playing it and I was like halfway to, uh, to getting, um, uh, not, uh, Mickey Mantle last year. Mm -hmm. I couldn't think of his name for a second. He was <laughs> like, Oh, how, how are you halfway already? Like, what are you doing? I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna make a YouTube video. You can just watch that, how I'm making subs. And so. I'm all about, I'm all about helping people. That's what, that's what I'm about. Man of the people, man of the people guys. Uh, we have potentially another guest coming up on the following episode. Uh, we're still trying to work out some things as far as scheduling goes, but be on the lookout for that. Trying to get the guests coming in hot and heavy these next couple of weeks to, to keep people interested. So you don't have to just listen to me by myself for 30 minutes. So, um, that's it. Hope you guys had fun. Ants, man. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, Good luck, everybody, in these next couple of weeks with the new rank seasons. I, I will talk to you all next week. <laughs>